Welcome back to Peace Be Still with Katera Renee. I'm your host, Katera. I'd like to start out by expressing my immense gratitude. My first episode and trailer received a lot more feedback than I expected, and I'm just really pleasantly surprised. Now, it wasn't dozens of people, but it was definitely more than I expected, and it's really encouraged me to keep speaking. I'm also so grateful because I've been overjoyed with how well my entire business and rebrand is going, both personally and professionally. I knew when I started my business that everything was not going to come together quickly or the way I wanted it to. It's taken so much time, commitment, consistency, and just plain old hard work, and I'm still not where I want to be. But I do find peace in knowing how good it'll feel and how content I'll be when I finally do get there. I work really hard to create quality content and I've been receiving so much engagement on Instagram through my stories and my posts and it's really surprising because in the back of my head there's always a feeling of wasting my time or pressuring myself around the fact that I may not be doing enough. So that being said, that feedback, those comments, poll responses, private messages, and even story likes really boost my mood and encourage me in ways that people can't even imagine. It tells me that people are paying attention, that they're learning, that they enjoy my voice, that they appreciate my work, and that matters to me. If you don't follow my Instagram, I'll definitely definitely have it linked below this episode along with my Pinterest and TikTok accounts. Lastly, I just want to say that having the courage to create a space like a podcast is something that I'm always going to be grateful for. And I've really been feeling like the Most High has been giving me ideas and thoroughly guiding me through what I need to do. And I mean that about everything, not even just my business. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 King James Version states, A man's heart deviseth his way, but Yahweh directeth his steps. So things that I thought I wanted, things I desired for myself, have been really getting replaced with things that that are greater than what I could have even imagined. So overall, I'm feeling really good. I'm always going to stress how important it is to take time and create space for stillness and gratitude. I stress this a lot because it can be so easy getting caught up in the past or the future. We have to be intentional and enjoy where we are now. Nonetheless, 
In today's episode, I will be diving into intergenerational trauma, how we can understand it and potentially combat it. Now for a quick disclaimer, I am not a doctor of any sort. I'm not a licensed therapist or anything like that. All this information is easily researchable and I'm simply a vessel introducing you to this topic and this information so that hopefully it can spark something in you. At the same time, I'm practicing vulnerability while sharing my experiences with you all. to break down intergenerational trauma, we must first define trauma. The word trauma has been really stigmatized into meaning the absolute worst thing that could possibly happen to someone, but that's just not true. Trauma can be defined as a psychological, emotional response to an event or an experience that is deeply distressing or disturbing. It's important to note that the brain is a cultural organ and the experiences that we have really shape the brain. I also want to put an emphasis on that deeply distressing or disturbing because it's important to note Something that you may find traumatic, another person may not. Something that another person may find traumatic, you may not. Our thresholds are different, and that's okay. It's not your place to invalidate other people's trauma, and it's really not their place to invalidate yours. Speaking of thresholds, I do want to emphasize that our thresholds can change, too. Something that you endured perfectly fine 10 years ago can suddenly become something that really disturbs you or really distresses you, traumatizes you, if you will, and that's perfectly normal and that's perfectly okay. Now, with intergenerational trauma, which is is sometimes referred to as transgenerational or multi-generational, but for the purpose of this podcast, we'll just call it intergenerational trauma. This is trauma that is passed down from one generation to the next. And research suggests that most of the time, those who are living through intergenerational trauma experience and exhibit symptoms, reactions, patterns, and or emotional and psychological effects from the trauma that has been experienced by their previous generations. Many times we are unknowingly coping with these experiences through our trauma responses. And these are certain responses that we feel are necessary for us in order for us to survive. Now, these, quote, necessary trauma responses, they're beneficial for short-term survival. However, in the long run, 
being in this survival mode all the time really becomes mentally and physically draining and for most people it's it's really just not doable we can only thrive and grow so much when we're stuck in this survival mode because it's rooted in fear it's rooted in trauma and scarcity Sometimes, our brains have learned to keep these adaptive, automatic responses on standby to keep ourselves and even our loved ones feeling safe. Note that I said feeling safe because this can be harmful, especially if it's passed down from one generation to the next and to the next. Or if you were to think about some of your trauma responses that you may have, you may realize that they've been unknowingly passed down to you. And if you can't think of any trauma responses you may have, you probably don't realize realize some of your your some of the, the negative attributes of your characteristics. You may not realize that those are trauma responses. Now, to help us better understand I'm going to give an example of intergenerational trauma and semi-hypothetically use myself. I'm going to use something very common but hopefully not too triggering for anyone and that is yelling and shouting in the household. Let's say that I grew up in a household where yelling and shouting at children or just each other when you get angry is the norm. My parents yelled at me, so I see it as, quote, unquote, how you raise children. Because of this, when I'm angry, stressed, frustrated, tired, or see my children misbehaving, I yell at them. For me, this is a trauma response. However, at this point in the example, it's also important to understand that for my parents, it was also a trauma response as well. Because they learned this from somewhere. And most likely, it was from my grandparents, who yelled and shouted at my parents. Because my grandparents have endured unresolved trauma and pain that have led them to a place where yelling or shouting was their means of communication. This is how impactful trauma can be for people, generational trauma that is. My grandparents never developed the tools or had the space to communicate effectively to each other or to their own children. And this could be for a number of reasons. It could be because their own parents, so my great-grandparents, taught them this, or maybe it didn't originate from my great-grandparents. Perhaps my great my grandparents grew up in loving, kind homes, but because of oppression and struggle that they faced during childhood and adulthood, because yes, black people in America have a long history of mistreatment in this country that has certainly shaped and caused much of our trauma. Because of this, my grandparents thought they had to be mean and they thought that yelling and shouting to be heard was, was, was them being strong-willed. Because of all that pain 
and the way that they were forced to live. That's how they raised my parents. And that's how my parents raised me. This became the norm on how to raise children and treat people in my family. Intergenerational trauma starts from somewhere. Just because I wasn't born yet and this oppression and direct mistreatment didn't happen to me, meaning I didn't have flashbacks or intrusive thoughts and memories because I wasn't there. It doesn't mean I'm not experiencing trauma symptoms and moving with trauma responses. These responses have been inherited. This is the perfect place for me to highlight that generational trauma does not have to just come from our parents or grandparents. No. It could date all the way back to our great-great-grandparents. This is the tricky part about intergenerational trauma and something that continues to fascinate doctors and researchers. Now, I called that example semi-hypothetical because I don't have children that I've begun to pass down trauma to, and I don't know if that's where my parents or grandparents received their trauma from. I do know that I'm healing and practicing effective communication because, and this goes hand in hand with my first episode, in the past, yelling, um, shouting was the only way that I knew how to communicate my feelings or handle my emotions when I was angry, sad, frustrated, tired, etc. But I'm actively working on reversing that. I've had many good days, but I've also had my bad days. And I'll tell you all one thing. Although it may help tremendously, you won't always know where this trauma comes from. The most important thing is that you identify and submit to the fact that you exhibit these trauma responses and it's harmful to yourself and others around you. Another thing that's essential for me to highlight about intergenerational trauma is that it can be very broad. In my example, I used oppression of black Americans as a trauma that has been passed down, and that is extremely valid and extremely realistic. I want to make sure that I hold space in this episode discuss how black Americans, more specifically the descendants of enslaved Africans, suffered from a tremendous amount of generational trauma. The institution of chattel slavery did not just stop when the transatlantic slave trade was outlawed. Lynchings, rapes, murders, and calculated systemic oppression did not just stop when slavery was abolished. Despite what many of us were probably taught, black Americans were not just able to live normally and given the same opportunity as white or even immigrant Americans were when our shackles were taken off. When black Americans were freed from enslavement, we were forced to take on this new identity of African American and try to build ourselves from the ground up. So we can only imagine the traumas that our ancestors carried and 
subsequently passed down to us. Black Americans, without a doubt, hold racial trauma. It's not quite possible that we don't, and this could look like simple things such as how we talk to one another, how we treat mental health and wellness within our community, how we measure success, etc. Many, but not all, black issues that we talk about in our community unknowingly stem from racial trauma. I will leave a few key books that integrate the topic of generational trauma within the black community linked into this episode description. I would like to add though, as a disclaimer, that these books are not PG-13. They're very heavy and maybe triggering to some. So I'd advise you all to research before purchasing and direct message me on Instagram if you have any questions or comments or just wanna discuss these, these readings. Intergenerational trauma doesn't just include racial trauma. Research suggests that it has been documented in descendants of refugees or immigrants, um, Holocaust survivors, and people who have experienced child abuse or any other adverse childhood experiences. If you recall earlier in this episode, I discussed how trauma thresholds differ. I don't want to say it could be anything, but at the same time, depending on the person we're considering and what distressing or disturbing event occurred, it very well could be anything. Recognizing trauma symptoms, whether they're inherited or personal, is essential while trying to heal from intergenerational trauma. Becoming informed through research, therapy, and taking a trauma-informed approach will help with this. As you recall, I mentioned before, it can be extremely hard, if not impossible, to know the traumas that your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, or even their parents endured. Something that we can do is reverse our trauma responses that we're experiencing now and create spaces where additional trauma does not occur. That is key. Become aware and determined enough to say, this stops with me. And this is also why I always say, everyone can benefit from therapy. Not to say that everyone suffers from intergenerational trauma, but therapy teaches us healthy coping mechanisms for whenever we do encounter triggers. It gives us someone to confide in, someone to trust. Oftentimes we see many people express concern surrounding the stigma attached to therapy or simply not having someone in their lives that they feel comfortable and vulnerable enough with. More importantly, it is key that we know and understand that our friends and family are not obligated or equipped to carry our burdens. So this is where going into therapy would come into play. This is 
is also why it's so important for me to be in the spring cohort of the trauma-informed approach for creating safe spaces. Being able to create a safe space for myself is just as important to me as creating safe spaces for others. This means coming to terms with my own trauma and working to reverse trauma responses that I have and to simply heal. I want to wrap up this episode by giving you all some affirmations that you can write down or find meaning within or simply meditate on. And they are as follows. I have a soft relationship with control. What's easy for me may not be easy for someone else. What's easy for someone else may not be easy for me, and that's okay. I give myself grace and pivot. This doesn't mean I'm quitting, but I'm setting boundaries. That's all for today's episode. I know that a lot of these topics can be heavy and triggering and a lot of it is rooted in a level of self-awareness that we don't want to get comfortable with. The process of healing can be scary. It's not all sunshine and butterflies. It can be hard and painful. And for that reason, it's understandable why so many of us result in avoiding it. If you have any questions or concerns at all, please feel free to message me on Instagram. I'm very active there. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review. I'll also be leaving the link to the fall cohort of the trauma-informed approach to creating safe spaces because registration opens in June. And there is always a scholarship opportunity available. Peace, everyone, and everyone have a lovely week.